the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. You know, in a perfect world, I wouldn't be podcasting remotely. But now that COVID-19 has pretty much raged the world, I feel like I've made some excellent life choices. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadiumscene.tv network, and we are part of the Overtime Media crew. This is your quarantined edition of the South of the Six podcast because God knows we need some relief and we need some distractions from what's going on. And joining me to do so is Miss Sonali Sharma of the Raptor Queens podcast. How's it going? Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me here and thank you for relieving me of my sanity (laughs) in quarantine. I'm really excited to be here today and to just talk to another human. Well, I should say that, you know, given all the chaos and given all the, um, you know, basically what's going on in the uncertainty, I do appreciate you being so flexible and being able to move this. We were supposed to talk on Sunday, but due to the obvious, we had to reschedule this for Tuesday evening. So I appreciate you doing that for me. Thank you. Absolutely. So how are you holding up? I I know like this, obviously the coronavirus is pretty much ubiquitous in the world right now. So it's definitely what's on everybody's mind. We won't spend a whole lot of time on it, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say how you were holding up. I mean, you know, if we didn't have social media and we didn't have Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, (laughs) I think this would be a very different conversation. But technology has really helped me get through this and just um, reliving the nostalgia of, um, you know, NBA moments and just connecting with people and humans like yourself and the other queens. Like, you know, we've got like a WhatsApp WhatsApp chat. People are still talking about um, about balls. So in that respect, it's been it's going it's been going really well. I actually feel more connected to people right now. Uh, because people are being more intentional about it. I mean, I've had everybody from, you know, my parents are calling me every day to, you know, past boyfriends who have called to make amends. So it's been kind of a (laughs) neat experience. So this is definitely, you know, bringing people together. So in a way, that's a good thing. I think so. I mean, you know, we, like, for those people who do listen to us on the Raptor Queens, I think... You know, Sarah and I are always the optimists, so I'm I'm trying to find the silver lining in this and trying to think, you know, how is this going to make us a, a a better society, and how is this going to help humans evolve in a more compassionate and humanitarian way? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you mentioned social media, and you know, and you you mentioned the queens. I should you know bring that up. Um, I listened to your your newest episode, your latest episode, I should say. And, um, you know, I got to say, maybe I'm aging myself and you sort of mentioned this too, but maybe, maybe I'm aging myself, but TikTok is so new to me and I'm just like, I don't know how to operate this. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm seeing all these TikTok videos. I'm just like, what is the difference between this and like an Insta story? Like literally, what is the difference between the two? You know, I think, Adam, we're about the same vintage, so (laughs) I'm not going to go into that. But I will tell you that that Shea Gillis-Alexander sure knows how to dance. (laughs) I mean, it is providing NBA fans with at least some content, and it does sort of open the door to the personal lives of the NBA players, whether they're being quarantined or whether they're just trying to provide some sort of you know, communication in that realm. I think it's great. And you see that, especially with Serge Ibaka, um, the How Bored Are You series. And he's really playing that up. And it just, it makes me proud to be a Raptors fan because these things are so, sort of ever present and there's never really a dull moment, even in these bad times. So even in a world without basketball, there's still plenty of NBA content out there that doesn't necessarily have to do with playing the game, which is great. Oh, totally. I don't know if you saw um, the this sort of dogs. They were showing the Raptors um, Instagram account was showing the different pets that yeah. the 
Raptor stars have, and they showed like Malcolm Miller's dog today. I think his name is North, and Norman Powell has those really adorable two dogs as well too. And it's just really cute to see that sort of humanistic side of what we see, or at least you know, um, I know I I see them as superheroes. So seeing them be just as vulnerable as we are right now, it's um, yeah, it really sort of brings it home. Like, we're all in this together. Did you see earlier today that DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gay were live? I think it was on Instagram. Um, my wife showed it to me. I'm just like, oh, man, they're, like, having a conversation in front of, like, obviously the world public. And uh, they're, like, interacting with fans. I'm just like, man, I miss these guys. Like, no, I don't really necessarily want them on this year's team if the, you know, if the season comes back. We'll get to that in a bit. But still, you miss that. And seeing that they're doing okay, especially DeMar. Like, for some reason, I tend to worry about DeMar, even though he's, you know, <laughs> he's not, I don't know him personally, but just knowing that, like, what he goes through with the, you know, the depression and whatnot and how outspoken he's been, I'm always like, somebody's got to check on DeMar DeRozan. So it's good to know that he's doing okay. Yeah, I think Debo is doing okay. And I think Kalo is definitely checking up on him. He's probably calling him every day. So we can depend on Kyle Lowry to like be the floor commander um, even during the quarantine. Well, uh, if you guys are stuck at home during this quarantine period and you're looking for something to do and you stumbled upon the show, I should say right off the bat, thank you for joining us. Um, we are trying to do this on a weekly basis. We're trying to provide content for you guys on a weekly basis, whether it be fun moments in Raptors history, top 10 moments, which is something that we're going to do today. Watch alongs if you guys enjoy doing that uh, last week, whatever the case may be, I'm open to all suggestions. So if you guys have anything, hit me up on Twitter at South of the Six and I'd be more than you know open to any and all suggestions. Uh, while you're listening to the show, though, if you haven't already, subscribe. We, we appreciate the download. We appreciate the listen. We appreciate the interaction. Really, that's what this is all about. It's about, you know, growing together as a community. It's about expanding the web as a fan base and just connecting with everybody. That's what we're here for. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the show. Leave us five stars and a quick review. Like you see and hear all this talk about supporting your local businesses. I'm not necessarily local, but I am a loyal fan. So if you guys can throw me a quick five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate it. And while you're there, as I mentioned, Sonali is uh, one of the members of the Raptors Queens. If you haven't subscribed to that show yet, please do. It's in my rotation. I was able to listen to it this morning and uh, they provide great content. So if you haven't already subscribed to that show, give five stars. And like I said, expand the web. Keep the fan base growing. But uh, we're going to get into a whole lot of conversation today regarding, obviously, the effects of COVID-19, and we're going to do a little bit of top 10. So hang tight. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right. Like I said, this is pretty ubiquitous throughout the entire world. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's kind of hard to you know really negate here so let's talk about the effects that COVID-19 is having um first of all surprisingly I didn't think they were going to do this but the Olympics have been officially pushed to 2021 do you think that's like a, I don't I can't recall ever a time that the Olympics were moved no I don't think so and yeah I was really I think that that was sort of for me the moment where I thought oh this is going to go on for a while because I know Japan was being really hesitant in postponing and now they've done it. So yeah, things got really real after that, I feel. Well, I mean, it does sort of remove um, any sort of stress. Not that me, well, I doubt that any of the athletes were feeling the stress, but it does, you know, sort of remove any sort of lingering thoughts of, whether or not the NBA season was going to interfere with the Summer Olympics. Um, clearly, that's out of the window. Um, but, you know, last time we talked on the show, it was um, only a handful, a small handful of NBA players being tested positive for, for COVID-19. But now it's expanded, I think, 13 total. Um, the original two being Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, that's been well documented. I don't really want to hate on Rudy Gobert too much. Um, four Brooklyn Nets players, we only know, as far as I know, one of which is Kevin Durant, 
um, Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics and two unnamed Laker players and three members of the 76ers organization. I don't know if that necessarily means players, but at least three members of the entire organization and one confirmed case in the Denver Nuggets organization. Do you think that we have finally seen the, the cease of the spread of the coronavirus in the NBA community? I hope so. <laughs> um, but I'm not sure. And I think, I don't, you know, Adam, like this is one of the questions that we were sort of talking, um, the Queens in our last episode too, was just this sort of accessibility to testing and because they have a private company that's been doing the testing for the NBA players. Um, it's sort of bringing to the forefront that, you know, how many lay citizens out there have COVID-19 and don't have the adequate testing. So I'm not too sort of optimistic that this is, this is the end, like in terms of, um, the number of players that we've seen, but I don't know, I guess maybe that quick response, which is what we're trying to get our governments to do. Um, if everybody is following, following the quarantine rule within the NBA, uh, then perhaps it will, it will cease. I don't know. That's such a horrible answer to give. It's such a, like such a 50, 50 thing, but, um, yeah, stay inside, you know, bad behavior, Chris Boucher, you shouldn't be outside. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully if they're sticking to what they're supposed to do to then, then maybe yes. I don't know. But yeah, six teams, 13 players. That's a lot. He was wearing gloves though. I mean, <laughs> there was a, there was a very adamant effort on his behalf that he was like, you know, I was wearing gloves, but I still kind of messed up, but I was wearing gloves. No, Chris Boucher, you gotta, you gotta stay inside. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And the thing is, is that you know, I don't like to get super political on the show. Um, you know, I, I feel like a bad vibe when politics and sports are sort of meshed, but it's really hard to, to avoid that, especially when talking about the effects of COVID-19, because, you know, especially in the Midwestern states of the United States, they're not really treating this um, with, I don't want, I'm trying to be careful with my words. They're not treating it as seriously as I guess it should be. Um, there are a lot of Midwestern states that are really relaxed in their, in their procedures, really relaxed in their uh, efforts to put a lid on this and to keep it from spreading. Um, so in that aspect, you do have players within that area, within those territories. So if, the, if the, those sort of states are relaxed with their procedures, um, there's a good chance that this could reignite. There's a good chance that uh, another NBA player could get it, assuming that they're in that area. So if that's the case, this might last a lot longer than originally anticipated. Um, I guess this leads to the, to the obvious question. You know, they try to, well, they're trying to salvage the season, whether that means having it going straight to the playoffs or finish the remainder of the season. The players are adamant that they want to continue and they don't care, quote unquote, whether it's June, July or even September. Knowing how serious this is and knowing that, you know, the United States in general is becoming the new like epicenter of all this. Do you genuinely believe that we're going to have a, a conclusion to this season? <laughs> I... Uh... Oh my gosh. I, I'm pretty sure that you probably feel the same way that I do. Like every morning, every day is a different sort of feeling. I mean, just, you know, how you were describing it, that, you know, some of the states are sort of a bit more laissez-faire about this. I mean, even here in Vancouver, um, you know, just a, it was this last weekend, the beaches were just um, full of people in droves and in groups uh, and, you know, not taking social isolation seriously. And now, you know, we've, we've sort of now seen that, okay, lockdown is coming. It's just a matter of like, when is it coming? Right. Um, and my assumption is that for the, you know, the, the greatest, uh, the greatest superpower in the, in the world, like they're going to have to, um, 
they're going to have to take sort of similar action to what's happening in Italy and what's happening in Spain. And I guess as of this morning, I think it was London as well to England, um, where they've shut down, they've shut down the, the, the city. So yeah, I, you know, sort of unpacking that and going back to your question of whether or not we're going to go, we're going <laughs> to see the conclusion of the season. Um, at this point, Adam, I'm, I'm fairly pessimistic about that one, which means that will the Toronto Raptors be champions for two years in a row? Yes. 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 You know, I actually bring that up in group chats and whatnot. And I, I, you know, mess around with my friends. Obviously they're Celtics fans here. So I'm like, look, look on the bright side, man. Raptors are two time defending champions. And they're like, no, no, they didn't win twice. And I'm like, I didn't say that. I said, they're two time defending champions. Right. So I guess you can extrapolate a positive out of there. But, you know, all joking aside, right now, the United States is the third, for lack of a better way to put it, most infected, you know, country on the planet behind China and Italy. Um, that is not good. That it's spreading so rapidly. Like here in Rhode Island, this time last week, it was just five people. Today, it's 124. Like, that is ridiculous. In seven days, it has grown almost 120, you know, positive tests. And there are definitely people out there, to no fault of their own, I don't necessarily blame them, um, that aren't feeling symptoms, that are asymptomatic, that probably have it and don't even realize it. And so they don't necessarily think there's a need for a test. So the number is probably way higher than what we can record right now. And that being said, like, the NBA already went nuclear on this. They already, you know, shut down the season after just one player was tested positive. Um, if they bring it back even incrementally, say they bring it back in June and, they, and they're like, you know, in a small uh, arena or a small court without any stands or anything, it's just television crew. I don't know how they necessarily be able to do it with, you know, um, any sort of precision, but television crew, referee and players. Um, you have to worry about like the minor things. I think the, the main thing on people's minds is how is this going to affect the players? Are the players infected? But you have to also consider the training staff, the coaching staff, like the production crew. If say, worst case scenario, the, the head trainer is in the first couple of days of the incubation period and is dealing directly with players, those players go home they pass it on to their family and it spreads like wildfire. And what's the NBA going to do at that point? Cancel it again? Like, it just seems like the best course of action right now is to sort of just like chalk it up as a loss and just go into the next season. Yeah, I mean, that's really well put. I think you're right. And, you know, the only response to this with every country, and I'm not just singling out the U.S. or Canada, is that we just need to test, 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 test and then isolate, and then the third piece is quarantine, right? And that's the thing is, like, how many people, um, without those measures, like, we're not going to be able to isolate this. So I agree with you. I Even if we do the whole, you know, only cameras and fans watching from a television, there's so much production that goes into into play, and can you do all of that remotely, which I'm pretty sure the answer is no. So Right. Right. And it's difficult to gauge like just how this is being spread. Like the scientists and the medical personnel that are like trying to get ahead of this in the CDC, like they don't necessarily have it all figured out. And that's, again, no fault of their own, but that's what comes when you're dealing with a novel virus. So, you know, maybe a referee holding the ball, giving it to Serge after a free throw and Serge kisses the ball just because that's what his habit is like he can get it. Like there are so many little intricacies about this that I don't think people are really focused on. I think that the main focus is, you know, how is this affecting the players and the personnel that you hear from and see uh, on a, on a consistent basis during the NBA season. There's a lot of other moving parts to go around. So, you know, the, the closest thing I can relate it to is the, the 1994 baseball strike. And, you know, they had to call the season right in the middle of the way. Like, I know this is two different scenarios and two different sports, 
But at the time, the MLB really didn't care about finishing out the season. Again, there was interest involved. There were like a lot of you know, monetary value that they were fighting over. But for this, this is completely out of their control. So I feel like this makes the decision even easier to sort of just call it. And I know a lot of people miss their sports. I get it. But at the end of the day, we're dealing with people's lives here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a pandemic is a pandemic for a reason. And it's not something that we would, it's not a word that's to be used lightly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just unfortunate. It sucks. And like, I know. Yeah, like, it sucks. <laughs> we, were, we were all amped up to, um, to see the Raptors play in the playoffs and defend that title. But, you know, there are a lot of positives that you can, you can take from this because one of the um, rumors going out there is that the NBA is now looking to take advantage of maybe starting the season in December rather than October. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was briefly looking at that today, um, which is kind of amazing. That would be <laughs> pretty great. I mean, I would enjoy it, especially if like opening day or opening night was Christmas like that. That. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. It's already a marquee day. Why not just make it both? I mean, and it makes getting through winter easier, too. Right. Right. You don't have to deal with the ratings war with the NFL. You don't have to deal with like start like because at that point, you're not really competing with anything. And if the NBA (laughs) season bleeds into like June and you're playing those last couple of games in June. To me, that's just gravy because then you can just like chill out and enjoy the game with nice weather rather than like if your if your team gets kicked out of the playoffs in like late April, you're like, well, now what am I going to do? Like you could enjoy the games and in, into the summer, which I think is a good thing. So maybe if this forces the NBA's hand to do it, there could be some added benefits. Oh, absolutely. And also just even from a perspective of like someone in the West when the games are uh, three hours ahead, right? Because Eastern time I'd much rather be taking off work early in those in those <laughs> nicer months than you know January, February, December. So I'm I'm on board with that being a West Coaster. Well, hopefully they they figure something out sooner rather than later. It seems that Adam Silver has you know a pretty prudent philosophy when it comes to how he's dealing with this. He really pretty much like set the entire world and the business world on this course, right? If you think about it, it's kind of monumental that the NBA literally was the first thing to be like, uh-uh, we're done. We're done. <laughs> like everything else was like, well, I guess if the NBA did it, we kind of have to do it now. So like props to Adam Silver for being prudent about this and not really caring about the monetary uh, losses when it comes to this. He's, he's, uh, he's taking care of you know, the players and he's taking uh, a nice keen eye on this. Um, last thing I want to hit on kind of tongue in cheek before we move on. Did anybody else see Michael Grange? And if you have, is anybody else concerned? Cause he seems to be in rough shape. Did you see this? No, I didn't see it. Oh my God. Like it, he was on Twitter. There was a video of him on Twitter uh, responding to a sports net tweet. And he just looks like he went to war. Like he just looks awful. <laughs> I'm just oh, like, oh my god! Check it out if you have the opportunity to hop on Twitter. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Check it out, and uh, I just feel for him. I'm hoping that he's okay. I retweeted it, and I'm just like, are you okay, man? Hopefully, you are. Um, highly mm-hmm. doubt Michael Grange listens to this, but if you do, on the off chance that you do, I hope you're doing well and uh, don't let quarantine get the best of you, man. Hang in there. Yeah, that's for everyone. Yes. Yes. Including Kendrick Perkins. Yes, especially Kendrick Because he's Perkins. also losing it, too. I mean, we all are. In a way, we all are. It makes me wonder how we're going to come out of this. Like, my wife was talking to me about this yesterday, and she's like, do you think that when this is over, whenever that is, do you think people are going to race to, like, be around other people? Or do you think that they're going to become so addicted to scrolling that the, that sort of device addiction is just going to get even heavier? Or are we all just going to go back to our like regular scheduled programming? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I was like, I think people want to be around each other and scroll at the same time. (laughs) I agree. Although I'm like the super extrovert. So I was sending voice memos before they became a thing. (laughs) 
All right, well, you're ahead of the curve. So, you know, props to you. Um, all right, well, with that, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, I promise we'll talk some NBA and I promise we'll talk some Raptors. Hang tight after this. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, so what we did was compile a list of top 10 Raptors moments throughout this season as it was. Um, The rules are kind of loose. They're kind of, you know, whatever you want them to be. It can be an entire game. It can be an interview. It can be a moment during a game. It can be a dunk. It could be a sequence. It could be anything you want. Basically, it's the top 10 of two sweet moment of the week. So whatever you want it to be, uh, it's all yours. So you said you compiled your list with the rest of the Raptors queens. Am I right about that? So, yeah, no, they gave me a couple of things. So I'll definitely put their input in because I was trying to make this a collaborative effort. Sure. Um, but I have a list and I mean, I didn't follow Adam's instructions like properly. I just kind of brain dumped all my favorite moments and I will just kind of categorize them according to yours. <laughs> That's fine. Like, again, there is no, you know, standard for this. It's whatever you really want it to be. I, th- I feel like people are uh, just thirsty for content. So in any order you want to give it, let's just start with one moment that stands out in particular. What is your one of your top 10 moments or top 10 whatever of this past season? Okay, I'll start with like a Patrick McCaw moment because Whoa. I know how much you love Patrick <laughs> McCaw. So I'm going to go back to that December 28th game against the Celtics. And that was a career high for good old McCaw. 18 points. He 8 for 12. He had 8 assists, 7 rebounds. And that was such an insane game in my head. I remember thinking at the time, like, we had, like, 32 fouls in that game. Yep. And it was, for me, and I wrote this down in, like, notes for a previous episode of one of the pods, was, like, this is the prequel to the sequel, which is going to be the championship. (laughs) (laughs) And I love playing against Boston because I'm not a Boston fan and it was just such a it was just such a good game for Pat. So that's gonna go in my my moments. You know, it's it's good that Patrick McCall had had his moment and you know, I'll give it to you. I'm looking at the stat line right now. He was a plus nine with eighteen points, seven total rebounds, eight assists. It's pretty good for Patrick McCall, someone that actually played uh, a little bit more than forty two minutes if that kind of production is what we saw from him on a normal basis obviously i wouldn't hate on him too much but he's just so wishwashy. so like to to pick out this moment i i get it i totally get it and especially this is coming after a loss on christmas day to the boston celtics so having this sort of bounce back performance and having patrick mccaw uh you know exemplify this yeah i i'll give i'll give him some credit you know like sure you can have. <laughs> All right. Um, my, I, I'll, I'll list mine in order. So my number 10 moment, and this may be, I don't want to say controversial, but um, I'm going to call Kawhi's ring ceremony. Uh, I think that that was a nice little moment of closure for Raptors fans. It was um, them showing absolute class to uh, the national media here in, in the U.S., um, even Stephen A. Smith gave props to Raptors fans for not booing and, you know, handling it with class and dignity and poise. Um, and you gotta, you gotta just recall the, the media moment of it all, how they, you know, did the artistic footsteps on the floor with the lighting and whatnot. That was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. And, you know, to see it all come full circle. And even though he's wearing a Clippers Jersey at the time, having him get the ring and having it being put on the middle finger, um, it was just a nice little moment of closure. So for me, that's my number 10 moment of the year, I guess you can say. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned it when we were um, just starting that they're playing all these old playoff games with Kawhi in it. And uh, it really makes you wish that things were different. And it sucks. Yeah. It's like looking at those photos of an ex. <laughs> 
please come back. All right. Uh, what's your next moment? Um, so I, so I went, so I went to school in Berkeley, so I have to make a confession on this pod that, you know, when the, I was there in 2009 and that's when Steph Curry was drafted Mm -hmm. as the seventh overall pick. And I became a Golden State Warrior fan at that time, but always a Raptors fan. But because I was going to school at UC Berkeley, I was also a Golden State fan as well, too. And so the comeback, the Steph Curry comeback game was a great game to watch. Um, you know, he's got he's got he's so fun to watch. But then it's not about Curry. <laughs> Norman Powell. Yes. Gets 37 points in that game. And Kalo has 26 points. And we clinched that um, playoff seat. So. We the norm. I've always been a Norman Powell fan, and I understand the grind. And you know, his buddy Terrence Davis the second gets that incredible dunk. He has two dunks that night. That poster makes that poster shot, and that was an incredible game. I just, you know, I actually cried after that game because it just felt so emotional to see how far we've come, mm. and having that game in Golden State where we won the championship, like, it just, yeah, it was something really special. That game was a joy to watch. I remember watching it the next day because, like, for me over here, watching West Coast games, it's just, it's very, very difficult to stay up till, like, one thirty in the morning. But, you know, having the jitters of Curry coming back for that game I was always thinking to myself, this might this might be a trap game. I'm not necessarily confident walking into this game that the Raptors can capitalize. And, you know, to my surprise, they handled it well. And you're right, Curry, towards the end of that game, showed flashes, especially coming right off an injury. It was very impressive that he had his legs underneath him like that. But you got to credit Norm and you got to credit Kyle for that performance. And they pulled it off. And I guess, like, you know, not to, to damper the moment, but that was right in the mix of them starting a four-game winning streak before the season shut down, right at that, right towards the beginning of that West Coast swing. And it's unfortunate that I had to, uh, that and the way it did. But still, let's stick with the positives. That was a great game, and uh, I agree with you. That was, uh, that was one for the books, for sure. Um, all right, so my number nine moment. Uh, I have two games on here that we lost, actually, but I still think they're monumental in, uh, in Raptors lore. I'm going to say the Christmas Day game. Uh, this is something that Raptors fans have been wanting for a long time, and to have it be against the Boston Celtics, even though the Raptors lost, I thought it was a cool moment. It was the first game of the Christmas Day you know, NBA stretch, and uh, the Raptors were wearing their city jerseys. It was, it was cool for them to be on display on ESPN. So uh, this was, for me, a highlight of the season. And hopefully, hopefully, this won't be the last time we see them on Christmas Day. Oh, absolutely. Um, I had that on my list as well, too. Just the sheer energy that was in the Scotiabank Arena and those beautiful, cool jersey, the cool sweatshirt, the hoodies that everyone got. It was awesome. And, uh, it just, yeah, it was just, you know... It was a really remarkable moment, and I agree with you. Anytime that we're we're broadcasted on national uh, television, and we're you know it's not just TSN, it's such a uh, sorry it's uh, Sportsnet. It's just so beautiful, like to watch that. So I'm glad that that's one of your moments too, and it is part of the top ten moments of this season for sure. Hopefully, the NBA doesn't get so obsessed with the Knicks next year for doing nothing. And they realize that the Raptors are still, you know, knock on desk here, still going to be a good team. And the Raptors get another nod on Christmas Day, but time will tell. Um, All right, so what's your next moment? So my next moment was, actually, I'm going to read out one from Allison, one of our queens. So... Her, so I'm just going to read verbatim what she wrote to me. She said she didn't want to be obvious, so she didn't want to choose the obvious games. Um, and so she said game one versus New Orleans. Mm. Uh, so the Pelicans, uh, you know, she said 
that, you know, we heard the naysayers all summer saying that we were lottery bound, not naming the playoffs or uh, we're nothing without Kauai. Uh, And that first game was a giant exhale. Uh, We looked good. We were seamless. Uh, Everybody clicked. So it was like a huge relief. I agree. I thought that was really, that was a great comment. I agree. That's actually my number one moment, I guess, um, the ring ceremony. Because, (laughs) yeah, you got to, you got to, that right there is something that Raptors fans have been yearning for. That whole game, it was kind of close, too. I remember, like, thinking, we can't lose this game. (laughs) Like, there's no way we could possibly lose this game because we get our rings tonight and there's no way we can lose the first game of the season. you know, with the banner reveal, Kyle Lowry with the speech, and Patrick McCall getting his third wing- ring somehow. Anyways, um, it was Good cool. luck charm. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Even Norman Powell with like the the gif moments, I thought was great. Um, it was a great moment, and to see, you know, the Raptors finally capitalize in those big giant rings, um, that everyone went crazy for ordering replicas right away, um. Allison verbalizes it perfectly when she talks of, you know, the the pressure and the exhale of it all. Um, yeah, it was one of those moments that you'll always remember that because of the ring ceremony and the victory of it all and how, how hard they fought throughout that entire game. So much heart. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So my next moment is within the long winning, uh, the winning streak that they had. Um, the 119-118 win over the Brooklyn Knicks to extend the streak to 14 games. This is the game that Levert missed that game-winning bucket on February 5th. Um, that winning streak was crazy. And I, I just remember waking up every day being like, I'm going to brag about this to all my friends that, you know, have, that are Celtics fans that are losing games because we're winning 15 in a row right now. And it was great. And that to me, I don't know that that will ever, ever be accomplished again in Raptors franchise history. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It just speaks to how special this team is and was this past season. Absolutely. Because they don't play basketball, they do art. <laughs> uh, <That> was, <laughs> I think that was the same night that the whole scarves thing started. I think so. I think, it, um, yeah. Yeah, like tunnel fashion was like, hi, Serge Ibaka walks in with that giant, giant scarf that literally was like the weight of Chris Boucher. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, OG Ananobi, like it was just, I think that's when we became like high profile Hollywood celebrities, as as one would say. I mean, um yeah, that definitely is is one of my um, top ten moments, and obviously the tea that came out of that that whole week of games was incredible. And um, yeah, what a yeah, this franchise that was an incredible moment. So yeah, <laughs> it, it's one of those moments in Raptors franchise history that's rare because we became a meme that wasn't making fun of us. It was actually like celebrating us, right? You had the the long scarf in the tunnel of of Surge, and you know they whoever did it like stretched it out and kept writing who we beat and everything, and people were sort of picking up on it. And even like the talking heads here in the U.S. media were acknowledging it and giving credit towards it. So it's indicative of how far the Raptors franchise, you know, as a whole has come, and how monumental that 15 game winning streak itself is to this franchise and again i don't know necessarily that that will ever be matched winning three four games in a row is difficult as it is never mind 15 um but there was so much involved and so much integrating that game and again you mentioned it before so much heart like so much heart to pull that victory out so it's one of those games that i personally won't forget um but go ahead what's your what's your next moment oh is it oh yeah it's my turn now yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, so (laughs) this is just a little funny one. It's not about a game, but like, um, did you, do you remember when Nick Nurse was on Tim and Sid? Yes. And 
and and they asked him if he was going to go to the Arkells concert in in June, and he was like, "Actually, I'll be in the NBA finals that weekend, so Nailed I won't it. be going to the concert." <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. That's confidence for sure. Just so much swagger. Especially on Tim and Sid, right? Like it just sort of like fits the vibe on there and to be able to just be like, "Nah, man, I'm going to be coaching the finals." Like I'm sure every Raptors fan sort of got, yeah, 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 you are. Hell yeah, you are. Perfect. Yeah. Coach of the year. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope they still give out awards. Do you think they do that? Like, if they canceled the season, do you think they'll still give out awards? I think they should. Mm-hmm. Just Well, I mean, everything is still based on the regular season. They don't necessarily need to see any playoff performance. So in that regard, they definitely should. And he definitely should be coach of the year. Let's hope. Um, yeah. Um, all right. So my next moment, we, we sort of touched on this, um, regarding Terrence Davis and, you know, the type of player he is. Um, this is the game following that dud that he had. And, um, I want to say it was against Portland that Nick Nurse made the comment after Terrence Davis playing eight minutes that he played five minutes too long. And then literally the next night, it was a back to back. Um, I think they played Charlotte. Terrence Davis started and had a double-double performance. It was magnificent. And I truly believe that that is when Terrence Davis finally arrived, really, to the, to the, to the minds of the, the Toronto Raptors fans, that he's a mainstay in this organization. He had 23 points, 11 total rebounds, and was a plus 20. Um, yeah, I, I just was so proud of that performance and it made me confident in him as a staple moving forward. So props to Terrence Davis for sure. Yes, yes. That's, um, yeah, what a game that was. And you're right, it was that was that weird kind of week where um, there was like not a lot of consistency with a lot of the, the younger guys. Um, but yeah, TD, TD2 is coming. He's coming strong here. So I'm excited to see what he has to bring going forward as well, too. Um, yeah. So my next moment was, remember that time that the Raptors had a coach and two players in the All-Star game? <laughs> that was so long ago, it feels like. Remember that? What an incredible game to watch. Wow. I felt like I was watching a championship game. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, obviously, very sad times with the passing of Kobe and just this. I mean, a lot of us were just sort of confused mathematically about how that format was going to work. But that fourth untimed quarter, man, I could it could have gone on for days. I would have just sat there glued to that screen. And, you know, the sort of icing on the cake being that Kyle Lowry somehow only Kyle Lowry can manage to get a charge in an all-star game. Mm. I think he got, didn't he get two or three? He got two. Yeah. yeah. Should have been three. It should have been three, but only he can do that. (laughs) Only he would do that too. Like he would do that. (laughs) All other players are like, you are out of your ever loving mind. I'm not getting injured tonight. Kyle Lowry's like, no, I'm winning this. (laughs) Yeah. And the look on James Harden's face, like, that was just priceless. I mean, yeah, I, I'm surprised. Man, that was a really good one. I didn't have that on my list, and now I feel bad that I didn't. That's a really good moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Like, it, it's one of those times that, like, you know, Pascal Siakam was recognized because he started the game. Kyle Lowry, much to the dismay of Kyle Lowry haters out there, had his moments in the All-Star game, especially the alley-oop to Giannis. Where like Raptors fans are like, the prophecy is being fulfilled. Here we go. And um that in in the ending, you're right, that fourth quarter ending, I really truly hope that, you know, despite the mathematical confusion, that this is the way the NBA game is structured, the all-star game rather, is structured year after year from now on, for sure. It works. I think they should. And I have a lot of hope that they will keep this going because like I don't know about you Adam but like I always used to get bored during all-star games and didn't really care that much about them but like that energy that was there and yeah it was it was a different game 
definitely a mamba mentality performance by everyone that was there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at the end, it was bittersweet seeing Kawhi being the, uh, getting the Kobe Bryant award. I'm just like, that was, that was our guy. That was our guy for sure. But he, you could tell he was driven and he was definitely determined to, uh, put on a performance and he did. Um, so yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so my next moment, you already mentioned it was, it was the Boston Celtics game. Um, after Christmas that the, the Raptors won in Boston. So I'll just move on to my fifth. Um, it was Pascal Siakam's 44-point performance at New Orleans on November the 8th, 2019. I bring this up because, you know, there was a lot of expectation when it came to Pascal Siakam taking another step forward this season. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that he needed to, given the fact that he was magnificent last season. Um, but given the contract extension and given the the need to have the next man up mentality of someone leading the team, um, he's sort of proved it from day one. And being so early in the season in November, having a 44-point performance, yeah, it's against New Orleans, but still against any team, that's impressive. So for me, that's definitely one of the moments this year that shines. Yeah, great moment. I, you know... I now I feel bad because I should have written that one down and you know most improved player like what a through and through good man and he's just he it's you know it's just such a breakthrough year for a lot of these guys and I think spicy especially is just coming out as this leader like it's almost yeah it's just so nice to see um everyone sort of coming out and coming into their own. And, and um, I just want to take a moment, Adam, to just acknowledge that it's seven o'clock in Vancouver. And at seven o'clock, every person that is in Vancouver is getting out on their balconies and they're <laughs> clapping for the healthcare workers here. Really? Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of like cowbells out there. You can hear them because I have my soundproof um, headphones on. Uh, but everyone is outside clapping right now. That is on awesome. Their balconies. That is yeah. awesome. awesome. It is pretty incredible. Hopefully yeah. someone has a, a video of that and could put that on Twitter. I'll oh yeah. They've been putting it, they've been tweeting it. It's, uh, it's just this, it's this like seven o'clock, everybody come outside and. Oh, so this is like stretch. a daily thing. It's a daily thing. It's been happening every day this week. So. It's that only awesome. Tuesday, but it feels like it's been like five days already. So that is awesome. Shout out to all the uh, the the people working in the healthcare system right now because God knows I wouldn't be able to maintain that level of bravery. So shout out to everyone doing that, and you deserve all the cheers and all the cowbells in the world right now, especially at seven o'clock. In my case, ten o two, for sure. That is that's awesome. I I can't imagine. Um, I just can't imagine that the work that they're all going through. So for sure, shout out. Totally. Um, all right, so go ahead. Move on with your next moment. Uh, so on that note, um, one of my moments was OG Ananobi saved the world. <laughs> <laughs> when he got Rudy Gobert. Yes. Game. He did. And what a remarkable game for OG. Like, uh, you know, we talk about his ceiling, and I just think we we have so much more to see from this young man. It's, um, you know, you make a great point. And the fact that he was ejected and what should be, what should have been a meme moving forward of his reaction to getting ejected <laughs> from the game. He's like, am I? Am I? Oh, okay. And he just, like, <laughs> leaves. Like, it's no problem. Okay, yeah, I guess, I guess it's me. But... What's great about that, too, about his ejection is the most unlikely of candidates separated him from Rudy Gobert being Serge Ibaka. This is a dude that went like fisticuffs with Robin Lopez not three years ago, and now he's breaking up fights, which is great. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, so great. <laughs> it's a good moment. And, you know, he did save the world. It, thankfully, there was no fight. Because if there was a fight, maybe OG gets it. And if OG gets it, maybe other Raptors players get it too. So thank I guess we should be thanking Serge Ibaka for breaking it up. I know. I was just going to say, should we be thanking Serge then? 
That makes the most sense. Uh, no, but we can still thank OG because, you know, he's, he's young and spirited. And maybe we could thank them both because they've been playing this, like, dynamic duo role when it came to that video. So we'll just give props to both. That's fine. Okay. Um, that class. Yes. Yes, for sure. They both do art and they both do saving the world. Um, we have, I think we have about four more moments to go a piece or thereabouts. Uh, we'll get right into them after this break. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, so for my next moment, I think this is going to be much to the uh, the delight of Raptors fans. It feels like it was so long ago. November 25th, Marcus Gasol feeding Joel Embiid a giant goose egg, a zero point performance for Joel Embiid and the Raptors ended up taking one in, I think it was in Philadelphia too. This is after Joel Embiid was talking all this garbage and he ends up with a zero point performance. It just is indicative of the value defensively that Marcus Gasol brings to this team. Oh, absolutely. Also on my list, too. Oh, there you go. See? As, like, Marc Gasol, like, finishes Joel Embiid. Um, yeah. And then you see his performance in the All-Star game, and you're like, wow, like, is this the same Joel Embiid that we saw? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, we haven't, we want, like, a happy, healthy Marc Gasol back um, one day. <laughs> whenever that day comes. Um, but yeah, what a game to watch. And that was just, uh, yeah, you, you nailed it. I mean, I don't think I have to say anything else. So, um, that was a really fun, fun thing to watch. And it's always so fun when somebody like talks, you know, they've got that sort of talking from the ego and then you're (laughs) like, Oh, well, we just did that. That's right. You know, and I should say this was in Toronto. So um, it would have been better if it was in if it was in Philly, but just to shove it down their throats. But still, like this is still an early uh, portion of the season. There were less than twenty games into it, and they just picked up right where they left off. You know, Marcus Hall showing Joel Embiid like, "Hey, I'm you're pretty much my son here, and I'm going to show it because you're getting zero points tonight." So, bravo to Marcus Hall, and uh, hopefully he's well-rested. If the, se- if the season does continue in some fashion, he'll be ready to go. Hamstring injuries can be tricky, so hopefully this time off is benefiting him in a resting capacity. So um, having said that, what's your, uh, your next moment? Okay, I'm, I mean, we've had some crisscrosses here, but I've lost count. That's but, fine. Um, so this one's from Sarah. Okay. Sarah wrote, can't love, can't have one love moment. Love the whole season. Ooh. It's the entire team that makes every moment special. No one moment that made the team special. Although she did mention afterwards that the comeback game and Kyle Lowry's performance was one of her favorite moments. And just the chanting of Kyle Lowry's name like was like music to her ears. So That was my number two moment, the game against Dallas. Right, the comeback game against Dallas. I think that's what she was referring to. That is correct. The yes. Dallas Mavericks and Toronto. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, it was amazing seeing the the team sort of fight, fight back, and leading right up to the to the Christmas Day game. Um, Kyle Lowry putting on a masterful performance. I remember uh, not being able to watch that game live, and I'm looking at my phone and I see like second or third quarter. I'm like, oh man, this is a a good game for me to miss because the Raptors are toast. And then my Twitter's just blowing up about Kyle Lowry being the man. And uh, he carried that team and it was a 30 plus point comeback. You gotta, that was definitely probably in my eyes, the best overall game the Raptors had all season for sure. Yeah. And what about Chris Boucher in that game? (laughs) You love Chris Boucher. I love him so much. You know, 21 points, four blocks. Like, that was his game. And that jumper, oh, he, 
he 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 really helped them come back. That energy that he had was just amazing that night because they were what eighty five fifty five. Yes. Oh yeah. And then the final score was what one ten one oh seven because that uh, oh gosh that was such a that was a like thump 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 my heart is beating fast kind of game in that fourth quarter. It was also um, DeLon Wright coming back, which sort of got buried <laughs> out of all that, you know, but still, um, yeah, you had Patrick Bacar, who, I, who, yeah, didn't really do anything, which is great. Um, <laughs> you know, he was a minus 25, but don't tell that anybody, you know, talk about plus minus. I don't, I don't want to go there. I guess the season doesn't really need that right now, but, so you're right. Chris Boucher had a, a, a great performance. Um, it's just one of those games that I feel like will live in Raptors infamy, especially with, with their fan base that you always look back on. And I think that's one of those instant classics for Raptors fans. So definitely in my eyes, like th- there was a, this was a difficult one as to which game I thought was um, more impactful. So having talked about this game, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. My last top 10 moment i guess was the uh the game in la against the lakers where with their backs against the wall and they were able to come out with that win to me that was a very very close second to this but that game just knowing that i couldn't watch that live waking up and seeing that they beat a fully healthy lakers squad without a fully healthy team i think kyle lowry and serge Ibaka couldn't play my god what a game Yeah, no, that is also on my list. And, you know, that was one of those like underdog moments where we've been hearing all of this um, talk. And I think you've talked about this on one of your podcast episodes, too, I remember is that, you know, is this so it's such an incredible season because the Eastern Conference isn't just there. It's it's weaker Mm. or it's not a great Eastern Conference. um, uh, The teams aren't doing that that great compared to the Western conference. And I think that game in itself was one of those redeeming games. Like, no, we got this, bring on the West, bring on the East. And, um, yeah, beating the Lakers, like, you know, it's, it was magical on two fronts. One is just for the reasons that I said. And number two, um, I think a lot of people know that Essie's other team that Mm -hmm. she roots for is the Lakers. So, Mm-hmm. Any, any excuse to, you know, my my hope was that if we made it, when we made, we make it to the champions, that we do face uh, the, Lakers. the Lakers. I mean, holding LeBron James to just 13 points at a <laughs> minus six it, with that roster. Like, you're talking just Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Marcus Hall, OG Ananobi, Norman Powell. Like for and you and your boy Chris Boucher had 15 points in that game. 15 points. Terrence Davis had. Th- I'm looking at the stat line right now. This is blowing my mind. 13 points from Terrence Davis and yeah. 10 points from Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like and of course, yeah. Patrick McCall was not healthy at this point. You know, good. Otherwise, he'd get 40 minutes. But still, like this is like a monumental win. And to see this starting lineup be Anthony Davis and LeBron James, how could you not have faith in this team after that? I don't know. I feel so much better now, Adam. (laughs) I feel like the world is not ending. See, it's not. It's not. You know, when you reflect on the good moments, it makes you realize, eh, it's not so bad. There's a pandemic. Not so bad. You still have some past moments to look up on. So um, do you have any other moments you wanted to touch on? Uh, You know what? I think we've got them all. Like, I, I mean, there's, well, we've got it enough for this episode, but... Um, yeah, I, there's just so much, I mean, you know, another just kind of, I really, it made me, it made my heart really smile when Norman Powell was the vote, he got the vote for the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, and, um, it was so cute to see even Kyle Lowry's mom tweet out to him and congratulating him on that, because it was just such a well-deserved, um, it was a well-deserved acknowledgement in that week, because, Oh boy, this man, he is, yeah, Come a understand long way. that grind. We yeah, the norm. For sure. Come a long way, you know, like the, the journey of him from the, the playoff series against the Pacers, shutting down the Bucks a couple times in the playoffs, being the secret weapon, um, just having all the faith in him after that contract extension 
um, and seeing the ups and downs from injuries and whatnot, and finally having a season where he put it all together and showed that now nah, he can be impactful. He can be a, a, a cornerstone in the organization. For me, this was the, the, the season for Norm. And if this season is to resume, which knock on desk, hopefully that does happen. Um, hopefully he picks up right where he left off. So for sure. And it was unfortunate too, not to put a damper on it. It was unfortunate that after he was announced as the player of the week, he got hurt again. So hopefully, yeah, yeah hopefully he's, He's well rested, well healed, ready to go. He's got his dogs, right? Ready to go. Um, yeah, and he's getting his calls from Serge. And there you go. You there- know, hopefully they're all following Serge's like plan. Yes. Like, I know I've been like running up and down my short hallway now too. <laughs> I have no excuses. That is dedication, though. If you think about it, like you have the camera down on the floor and you see him sprinting through the hallway. I'm just like, good for you, Serge. Man, you're making the best of it, for sure. Yeah, and then he's calling out everybody when they're eating bad food. I think he just <laughs> called out Terrence Davis the other day for eating donuts. You know, that when you're in quarantine, you need to be, you know, keeping up on your nutrition, and Serge Ibaka is making sure that that happens. So we have a, a true leader in Serge Ibaka, for sure. The only guy that we can afford to have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of junk in the trunk is our... <laughs> it's- it's Kyle. I guess this is my way of saying, Serge, please call me and call me out on all the bad food I'm eating so I feel bad about myself and I stop eating, stop eating it during this pandemic, please. Uh, my DMs are open, so please make fun of me all you want. But anyways, uh, that's all I got. Um, obviously, you know this is your time to shine. You can promote any and everything you got going on. I know we talked about the podcast at the jump of the show, but please feel free to to reinforce the notion that, you know, you do have a wonderful show and people should be listening to it. The floor is yours. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, but first of all, Adam, we just wanted to say a special thanks to you. You've been, um, it, you've been such a, a great voice. Uh, and, you know, even just the shout out you gave us uh, on International Women's Day, it just meant so much. So it's great to have you as a brother in this uh, Twitter and podcast world. And um, I speak for all of the queens. And so, uh, you know, we do, uh, we, we have the, the first all-female-led podcast. Now we have a whole bunch um, of other women out there too. Uh, so Raptor Queens podcast, uh, the, the handle is at Raptor Queens. You can follow us on all, you know, Stitcher, Apple podcast, um, uh, YouTube, you can follow us everywhere. Uh, and my co-hosts, you can follow, you know, Sarah Khalil at Khalilionaire, SE Magic at SE Magic, and um, good old Allison Hope at uh, Canoe Girl. Uh, and so, you know, engage with us and keep tweeting, keep retweeting, uh, and we'll keep bringing you content and hopefully we'll get Adam on our show one day too. So I'm excited. Uh Uh, for what's to come for all of us Raptors fans out there and stay positive I will gladly be the court jester anytime you guys need me to be no problem and uh, the links to everything that you just mentioned will be in the description of this show Uh, you guys are just one tap away all you got to do is tap on the artwork should bring you right to it and you have no excuse not to to follow and to subscribe I highly recommend it and uh, I appreciate the kind words and uh, I'm sure this will pass sooner than we anticipate hopefully knock on desk it does Uh, whatever the fate of the NBA season has uh, we'll still be bringing you coverage and uh, again Sonali I appreciate you coming on thanks for doing this no problem and you know download TikTok (laughs) I feel like I'm too old for TikTok but I'll I'll try I'm telling you you're gonna Shay's videos and Giannis's videos are gonna make you happy well my daughter's only she's not two yet so she can't make fun of me so maybe I should take advantage of the time to do it so okay make a TikTok video with her (laughs) (laughs) I'll do it all right all right, well, uh, okay. thanks for hopping on. I'll talk to you soon. All right. <laughs> we the North. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.